Welcome to Cool Explorations, I'm your host Tony Peters. Today we're going to be speaking with Casey Williams and he's going to be on to share his testimony uh, and he's going to also talk about how God has really changed his life through his coming to know Christ as a savior and there's a few passages of scripture that he's going to cover, one of which is Galatians 2.20 and that reads, I have been crucified with Christ, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, and the life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Hello and welcome to Cool Explorations. I am your host, Tony Peters. Today we are blessed to have Casey Williams on the show with us today. Uh, why don't you get us started off by just telling us a little bit about who you are uh, and uh, why you wanted to come on the podcast? Yeah, uh, so I'm a, a Texan Okie. I was raised in Texas. Now I live in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, where I found my wife. I've had a lot of different jobs. And uh, just uh, the Lord has worked interestingly through my life to lead me to where I am today. Uh, like just, I never would have thought I would have ever been in Oklahoma, just the way that he led me through different jobs up here, led me to my wife. So yeah, I'm married. I've got a six, seven month old uh, son and just enjoying life and living for Christ. <laughs> Just getting started on the family cycle there. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that's an interesting journey. They grow up really, really fast. But uh, yeah, definitely interesting moments with those. So um, blessings with that. Uh, What has your journey with Christ looked like from the moment when you came to Christ to where you are now? Uh, I was raised in church by just, uh, I would say like a standard Baptist family. So it wasn't Southern Baptist. It wasn't anything. It was just simply Baptist uh, and was raised in that context. I got saved and baptized at a vacation Bible school when I was, I don't know exactly the age, somewhere eight to 10. And then um, once the teenage years hit, I sort of fell headlong into um, even more sins and then sort of, sort of like rededicated my life in high school and Ever since then, I've really tried to, you know, like truly work on my sanctification as slow as that process is. Yeah, just over the years, I've just been amazed how Christ is faithful and how we can trust in his word. Um, and it is challenging at times to actually remember that. But over the years, he's, I've just been blessed through growing in my knowledge of the word and my faith, just how comforting that is and where he can lead you. Yeah, well, and that uh, journey sounds very similar to my own in terms of of coming to Christ at a young age and then really falling away, and then uh, the the rededication uh, of my life to Christ. Yeah, uh, it's it's a story I think most of us can relate to. How has coming to know Christ as your Savior and rededicating your life? How has that changed the way that that you're living uh, and impacted uh, your even your family life? Yeah, so it's definitely given me a, a lot more purpose. And I haven't really, it wasn't until I started getting married and starting to have a family that, and started thinking about theology a lot more um, practically, that it's really started to shape and mold me more. Like actually realizing that God has a plan for our life. He has a purpose for our life. And as the Westminster Confession says, you know, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And just over time that just being more and more pressed on my heart to, you know, like in college, it was really easy to want to flunk out of a course, but now I'm like, 
no, I should be, I don't even care if I hated that subject. You know, that's where God had me. I should have been pursuing excellence for his glory in that process. So just as life happens and comes, just like trying to apply a biblical standard, a Christ-like standard and viewpoint towards it um, over time. There's a constantly shaping and molding process depending on what the experience is, but definitely having a family now, like I said, it, it helps kind of the practical issues come to a forefront and you're like, I really got to think like, what does the Bible say about this? Yeah. And I like that, that you say for his glory, because uh, it's an important thing for us to remember that everything we do needs to be for God's glory. It's not about us. It's about God. Uh, and once you put that into proper focus and perspective, it definitely impacts and changes uh, the way that you live your life. Uh, and it's it's not an easy lesson to learn. Yeah. <laughs> it take, takes practice. Uh, one verse that I know you said that was really important to you was Galatians 2.20, which I did read in the intro, but I'm going to get you to read it again here. And then just explain why you think that verse is important to, uh, to you and why it should be important to other people. It says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So when I was in high school, I was going to a church camp, and this verse was one of the theme verses for the entire week. And that was really the first time I'd ever encountered the verse. But ever since then, it's always been just an astounding statement of the kind of reality, the, the changed state of a believer and, and the fullness that we experience in that transformation um, and in the new birth. And so it's always just been an encouragement, encouragement to me just how total and full our salvation in Christ is. Uh, you know, in, uh, I believe it's in Romans, it says, you know, we've been adopted as sons. And it's so easy to just like think, oh, well, this is just something I believe. But here in Galatians 2, we see we've been crucified with Christ. You know, the old man has been crucified, has been put to death. And it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So uh, we always carry around this dead carcass, as Paul says, um, with its earthly desires. But we just got to remember that Christ is living in us. We're now a temple of the Holy Spirit. and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So Christ loved me. He died for me. And now I live because of his life. And I just think it's such a profound, such a profound single verse that explains the, the majesty of the, the, the beauty of the gospel. And just so many other deep doctrines are, are seen in this one, this one verse. Yeah, it's a very powerful verse that it says a lot in very few words, really. Um, and Paul has just a way of doing that, of uh, of saying things in just just a short way, but packing a lot of punch into that one that one thing that he's saying. Uh, and it is it is very important that that we remember that Christ lives in us, and mm -hmm. that it, in our life of sin, we need to turn to Him for salvation, for redemption. Uh, for help in, in staying out of those sins, even if you really feel like like you've got a strong temptation for something, it, it's good to just pray and be like, God, I know this is wrong. Help me fight this yeah. through the power of Jesus Christ. And uh, it's it's important in, in helping you to live your life in a life of purity, um, a life where you're you're trying to be the the redeemed beings that we are. 
yeah. because Christ has redeemed us and uh, forgiven us through through the cross and given us that promise of eternal life by his victory over death. Um, another ver- um, few verses here that, that you'd uh, said was important is Romans 8, 28 to 30. Uh, and I'll get you to read that as well. And then uh, the same question for that. Just explain why it's important to, to you and why you think it's important to other, other Christians. Yeah, certainly. So, you know, I'll just read them real quick. Uh, starting in uh, Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called, and whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. So, just as the first verse um, helped me when I was in high school, after I was out of college and everything, I, like I said, I was raised in just a simple Baptist family. Uh, We weren't Arminian, we weren't Reformed, we weren't anything special. It was just Baptist, this is the gospel, so on and so forth. And, but I was taught that whatever the word of God, if the word of God says it, it must be, like, it's true, right? So I found myself listening to Steve Lawson, uh, Pastor Steve Lawson, talk about these verses. And if you know him, he's a Reformed Baptist. Uh, and like I said, I didn't even know what that term was. It took me months to even realize what Reformed theology was and all that. But just the way that he talked about these verses and how, that that God did call us and it wasn't a sheer accident that we were saved but God loved his uh, his elect his called ones so much that before the foundations of the world he he chose us to be saved and having learned more about what the bible says about man's depravity it's an awesome and wonderful uh, comfort to know that God didn't put it on my shoulders to accept him because I know that I never would. Um, but he chose me and he said, I'm going to pluck you out and I'm going to put you in my kingdom. And just, and he didn't wait for, for me to exist to do that. But in these verses, we see that he foreknew us again, before the foundations of the world, he predestined us. Um, to be conformed to the image of his son. So again, sort of in the same line of Galatians 2.20, just the fullness of the gospel that we can trust that we have been saved and that we won't fall away. And doesn't mean we shouldn't uh, evaluate our salvation. You know, are, are we pursuing good works rightly? And so on to like, truly know that we're saved. But once we have evidence of that, trusting in the Lord to do his work in us and that we can have that security of salvation because again, we didn't do it, but Christ and the God, the father chose us before the foundation of the world. He's not just going to decide, Oh, I don't love you anymore, but he called us. He predestined us. Um, he justified us in Christ and he will glorify us. Um, and we, we will be glorified when we get to heaven because of his work. Yeah. And, uh, it's humbling to, to, to think that, you know, uh, we don't, we don't really understand or grasp so much of, uh, of God's omniscience and, and, and omnipotence. Uh, but this section definitely speaks to both of those aspects of God. 
uh, and uh, he did choose us. He do, does love us. And uh, we as Christians, he loved us enough to give us the choice to follow him. He yeah. knew ahead of time who uh, was going to choose him and who was going to reject him. But we still had to make that choice. That decision yeah, yeah. is ours. And God loves us enough to, to, to give us that choice. And uh, sadly, the majority of people reject God. Yeah. And as a result, God already knew that ahead of time. It's really hard to understand or wrap your mind around. But God already knew that because he can see time from the outside. Yeah. His time is not our time. And that's just something that we have to really wrap our minds around. And uh, it's, it is definitely, like I said, it's humbling to, to yeah. think that, you know, God already knew we were going to make these choices. Uh, and he, he knows how he's going to use us. Uh, and we sometimes are just clueless to it. Most of the times are clueless to it yeah. until God's just like, okay, well, now you're going to do this. And then it's amazing how God uses those opportunities mm -hmm. uh, in ways you didn't think he would. Right. Uh, and a last section here that, that you had pointed out was Matthew 6, 25 to 34. I'll get you to read that one. It's a little longer. Yeah. Um, and then explain again why that's important to you and why you think it's important to the Christian faith. Yeah, certainly. So, uh, yeah, sorry about the, the link on this one. Uh, oh, that's but, all right. <laughs> uh, I'll go ahead and jump into it. Matthew 6.25 says, uh, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you, o you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things which shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I didn't realize the King James was so much in my brain and while reading this, and I kept wanting to say ye at different points. <laughs> uh, so what's so powerful to me about this uh, passage is I've directly been so clearly uh, affected by this promise because when I was living in, I was living in Austin, Texas, going to college at the time, and Hurricane Harvey uh, came through and hit the coast and the big, the whole storms and everything had knocked out the water in Austin, where there was there was nothing like you couldn't like you know drink just from a water fountain or anything like that. And I was just a broke college kid doing food delivery to make money, and I literally had like two dollars in my bank account. And I went to Walmart. I could only buy one of those like a little one dollar burrito for food, and a piece tea because it was cheaper than bottled water. And, and then, so that fed me for that day. 
And then the next day I got paid for my food deliveries previous. And then I was able to go another day. And like this verse just kind of, or these verses just stood out in my, my brain on just how the Lord just provided. I literally had next to nothing, but it was just enough for him to provide what I needed for that day. And that story just always reminds me of this, this promise. Um, in any season of life, the Lord is watching over us. He's not always going to give us what we want. He's not just going to um, just say, oh, well, here's $10 million and you know, you'll just be able to eat luxury for the rest of your life. Right? Like it's, but he's just working in our daily situation, provide for us to care for us, uh, give us what we need because he loves us. And he's our, he's our loving heavenly father that has adopted us. And if a, just as a wicked father would give to their children a gift, how much more of a greater gift will he give us and how much greater care will he give to us? So that's sort of my personal story that just to me is a, a testimony of this God, of the Lord's promise seen in these verses. Yeah. And uh, I definitely, uh, I can relate with the, the not knowing where the next uh, meal and stuff is coming from. Uh, so there's definitely been times where it's just like all of a sudden a gift card will appear in our mailbox from someone from church or, or the church will give us some, some money and we'll just be like, you know, we didn't know when the next meal was coming, but God mm-hmm. knew. Yeah. He knew what we needed when we needed it. And uh, he put it on someone's heart to provide for us at a time when we were really struggling. And uh, mm-hmm. it does, it does really speak to worry because we do worry so much about the future that oftentimes we miss out on the pleasures and the joys that God brings us today. When you have your young family, you do uh, you do get impacted by that just just that much more because it's like, well, I'm worrying about my kids' future, I'm worrying about about this with my kids and that with my kids, and then it's like, okay, well, how are I how am I being blessed by my kids today, and what blessings can I give my kids today? through my love of Christ and how can I teach them that love of Christ and uh, Christ was really in that section trying to teach his apostles and the people following him uh, you know you really need to quit worrying about like they were what they wanted positions and uh, Mm -hmm. they were all worried about who who is better in God in Christ's eyes and and that and he's like well don't worry about any of that and and don't worry about the food uh, and the fact that we said you say we have no money you know, I know what we need. God knows what we need. He's my heavenly father. He will provide for us and focus on, on me and your time with me here as, as Christ. Uh, Jesus was walking the earth and they had that that they could focus on. They were blessed with that. And uh, Christ was just being like, no, don't worry about the things of, uh, of tomorrow. Don't worry about the, the small things. Let me worry about that. Let God worry about that. The heavenly father won't let us go without he will provide exactly what we need um and again it's humbling because it takes that focus off of you and puts it onto onto god and and giving him credit for everything is is important and that section definitely speaks to that um that god jesus christ the holy spirit the, the three parts of our triune god give us what we need they give us that support and they will bless us mm-hmm. in so many ways. And we need to stop focusing on a lot of the, the negatives and focus on the positives, the things that God has given us instead of worrying about 
tomorrow and and, and right. what, what we're going to do. Um, that's not saying don't plan for the future because you got to yeah. be able to set money aside when, when you're able to. But um, it's just trying to to remember that we're human and God mm-hmm. is omnip- omnipotent. He, he's he's all, all powerful. He he can do whatever he wants and can create whatever he needs and whatever we need so that we can be provided for. Um, and that's why it's so important that we have biblical foundation and we understand God's word. We dig into the word. We rely on our churches, our pastors, elders, um, and we, we pray that our prayer life is super important in, in helping to hammer home these points and just remembering yeah. that, that the credit goes to God. Uh, it's for his glory, as you said before. Uh, looking back uh, at your life now, um, just give a couple examples of how you can see God was at work in your life when you didn't even expect it. Yeah, so it just, I think just the way that he works, uh, again, just my life out. Uh, I was, I grow, growing up, I was a person that was just very get rich quick minded. And I just wanted to make a million dollars and do all these different things. And God's plan is just was so much greater than that. And I still don't have a million dollars. The and I, I'm thankful for that. The I, I've learned to be more content because where I currently work, um, I design cabinets for a living. And I honestly thought that it would just be a, a job just to have something for the moment. And I've I've worked here for three years now, and that's probably the longest job I've ever had in my life. But yeah. I still enjoy it. And I, that was the last thing from my mind. And the, what brought me to Oklahoma was horse racing of all things. A family friend did it and got me into, you know, grooming and taking care of the horses. And so I just, I realized I just love like taking care of horses. And so that just, you know, it was a job for, to solve that purpose, but the Lord used that to uh, take me to Louisiana where I, have a, another church family, even though I was only there for three months, they just took me in and loved me and um, fed me, provided for me, uh, just as Matthew says. Um, and and then, yeah, brought me into Oklahoma, where the Lord just provided, the first time I went to a church, provided me with the right church. And eventually, within a few months, even though I wasn't even looking for a wife, finding my uh, future wife, and within six months, realizing that I should stay in Oklahoma, not follow the horses any longer and find this new job. And just, he just takes care of us. And, you know, we, we can, you know, make plans. Like you said, like we should set money aside. We should be wise, but at the same time being content where we are, um, you know, what Paul says in Philippians, being able to be at peace where we're at, but also being able to abound. So if the Lord truly has a door in front of us, Okay, let's pray about it and let's walk through that door. But if not, you know, just delight that he's providing for us. He has us where he wants us. And um, we can just rest assured that his what he's got planned is far greater than any concoction I could ever come up with. So yeah. uh, that's just kind yeah. of just random things. Yeah. yeah, and the guidance of the Spirit is so important because um, God will open and close doors. Uh, and... Uh, you know, you may think, uh, oh, this this maybe is where the Lord wants me, but you do need to take it slow and just pray about it and be like, okay, is this what you want, Lord? 
give me mm -hmm. the proper guidance. And sometimes he'll close that door. Other times he'll open that door and uh, great things happen. Uh, not to say life's going to be all easy and yeah. stuff be all <laughs> roses, but uh, you know, there, if you follow the, the Lord's guidance and you stay in that, that prayer life, uh, it just, you can hear the Holy Spirit's guidance and you can feel mm -hmm. where the, the Lord wants you. Uh, and uh, the Holy Spirit definitely is great at, at giving you that guidance. You just have to listen instead of sometimes doing, doing what you want to do instead of paying attention to what the Lord wants you to do. Uh, that's, again, not an easy lesson. <laughs> it's something I think everybody struggles with But because we all want to do, do things for ourselves. But uh, God does, does clearly state where we should be going uh, and, and will open the doors we just need to, like you say, pay attention to that and, and go through those doors as they're yeah. opened. Um, so one final question, uh, what are you currently doing to share the love of Christ with other people um, and with your family? Yeah, so predominantly what I'm doing is uh, my brother-in-law and I uh, co-teach youth group at our church, and it's been a really great experience to um, have to you know they, they always say the teacher learns more than anybody else in a, yeah. in a lesson uh, just being able to uh, mostly bi-weekly have to prepare a lesson on just different books of the bible right now we're working through daniel and it's just it's it's wonderful just how much uh we can learn through that process uh, that i've learned through the process and then getting to share it with the um children and pray that I don't, you know, speak any heresy and that they're, that it's all, uh, it's all only what the Lord wants to say and not what I want to say. Uh, but that's been a really great opportunity and a great process. And then, and then beyond that, um, I've just been trying to do things like this interview. Um, I wrote a book and it's mostly just sort of a book about practical sanctification in a way. Um, and it's sort and it's with that hope that um, people can read it and hear the gospel and then learn how to apply the gospel to their lives. So hopefully the Lord will use that in a way at the very least he's used it in my own life to help figure things out. Uh, so, yeah. And, and God definitely does guide uh, conversations like this and, and uh, guides our ability when we are teaching. Uh, we just, uh, it's, it's, humbling again uh, i just i love that god is always teaching us to humility yeah. showing us how how much we don't know just yeah. by by how much we have to learn and uh when you're doing research for even interviews or you're doing research for teaching with youth group or bible study groups you know you are like you say learning so much more yeah. than what you can possibly share and when kids ask questions or youth ask questions you're just like oh man like how much how much do i not know like god you you got to give me the words because i don't know like yeah, yeah. It, it's great and uh, i'm i'm glad that you're you're sharing that that love with with youth and uh, i hope that you'll continue doing that uh thanks for coming on today and, and for sharing with us uh it's been it's been a great interview yeah thanks thanks for having me for sure thank you for listening to cool explorations I hope you've enjoyed listening to this interview with Casey Williams and that you'll consider listening to other episodes of the Cool Explorations podcast, whether on radio or you can find it on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Google, or any other place that you would care to listen to a podcast. 
If you would like to reach me for any reason, you can do so at tpeters745 at gmail.com.